Welcome to Roman Emperors <laughs> Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, who has just told Jamie that this isn't a long one, so he can uh, kind of eke things out a bit if he wants. So that explains the introduction. Yep. <laughs> and we are ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Constantine XI. This is episode 110, wow. Leo IV. 110. So it's a. Uh... It's a big number. It's a big number. Ten bigger than a hundred. It is. But Ninety less than two hundred. Fourteen less than a hundred and thirty-four. Twenty-four. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I teach maths. <laughs> oh. How are your sats going for your class? <laughs> All their answers are out by ten. <laughs> yes. I was going to say I was trying to load up this on my phone at the same time. That's why it. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. We're sticking with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. It's fine. If you listen to Saga Thing, you'll know that Andy sometimes struggles with maths. So I, I feel his pain <laughs> now. But I don't think he's ever managed to get something that simple wrong. That's a long day. It's been it is a long day. Right. We really are now just playing for time, aren't we? Uh, but in fact, we're going to play for time even more. Because <laughs> before we get into today's episode, we're doing something a bit new. Ooh. And if you've not listened to our President's episodes, and you're just ploughing through the Roman ones, you won't know what that is. Nope. No. <laughs> because it's the new year, we've decided to uh, shout out to some of our favourite podcasts, or podcasts that have supported us in some way. And uh, yeah, we're just going to tell you that you should really go and listen to whatever this podcast is. Yeah. And today, we are going to recommend thoroughly Pontifex. Ah. Pontifex, our fellow Rexypod, our sister podcast. Popey Pod. Popey Pod. They are, in fact, I'm not going to tell you. They're going to tell you. <gasps> Over to you guys now. Hi, Totalis Rankium listeners. I'm Fry. And I'm Bree from Pontifex. Like Rob and Jamie, we were inspired by the rating format of Rex Factor, and we put that style to use on the Holy See to rank all of the popes from Peter to Francis. Besides telling their life story, we are rating the popes based on the success of their papacy, scandal, their impact on the secular world, what their face looks like, and much, much more. We'll be talking about sex, simony, exorcism, heresy, the Nicene Creed, and Easter, because always Easter. And there's so much overlap with the Roman emperors to come. In the end, our best popes will battle it out to be the popiest pope who ever poped and maybe even take the keys for the pearly gates away from St. Peter. So come join us. You clearly have amazing taste in podcasts, and we'd love to be your next listen. You can find Pontifax at pontifax.podbean.com and all major podcatching services. Sounds like a really good podcast. It does, you know. It does. Yeah. And it is. Yeah, especially if you're into your popes. Yeah, or your history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I, I'm fully up to date with Pontifacts. They are doing a fantastic job. A ridiculous one. There are, <laughs> I counted, it's a, a billion popes wow. that they need to get through. Um, Gosh. Yeah. So That's more than the ten Roman emperors we've done. Yeah, it's going to take a while. It yeah. is. And also, you know all that really tricky to understand stuff about single wills and, <laughs> like 
icons and stuff oh, that we kind of skirt over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to have to actually understand it all. Oh, no. Yeah. But... At least make our episode make more sense. Yeah, well, exactly. They're currently uh, about to hit Diocletian's reign. Okay. Yeah, so they're, they're about there, so a fair bit behind us. <laughs> but they're weekly, so they might catch up at some point. That's true, yeah. 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 Right, okay. Today's episode, anyway. Before we start with Leo, I I have an apology to make. Oh, do you, Rob? Yes, I do. <laughs> what would that be about? I somewhat hastily and foolishly suggested that Come On Eileen was not known outside this country. Understandably, I think. Possibly, yeah. Because to me, it was just that really annoying song that the brother of my sociology teacher (laughs) wrote that he occasionally complained about. Um, So I just assumed it was one of those, like, hits in England that you don't get in other countries. Like some of the Christmas ones we've got. The Mr. Blobby song. Yeah, the Mr. Blobby song. Um... The Slade Christmas song? Everyone knows that song. I'm going to do it again. Yeah, is that Big Outside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I don't know. Slade were a big prog rock band as well. Yeah, no, they were. They were. Mm. My um, father-in-law, big fan. World famous. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, the fact is that Come On Eileen is indeed popular in at least America and Canada. But nowhere yeah. else. Nowhere else. No one else knows it. No, no one. No. Australia? No. Nah. I didn't hear from any Australians. They're all Canadians and Americans saying we know it. So who knows? Because you said Americans don't know it. That might be why. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it's not known in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doubling down on this Heck. week. <laughs> you so, dig away, Rob. <laughs> fine. I believe um, I on Facebook I gave you a ranking point that you can have. But yes. then a lot more people came along, so I gave you two ranking points. Yes. So whoever's keeping track of Jamie's ranking point, because I certainly aren't. Yeah, go back and listen to all our episodes if you could and uh, find out how many points Jamie's got so far because he's just got two more. Yay! Lucky you. Right, we've been recording for ten minutes now so we should probably start talking about Leo. Who? <laughs> he's an emperor. Oh, okay. We're covering him today. He is the child of Constantine V, Constantine Pooface. <laughs> yes. He doubled down on iconoclasm. The plague happened. There was that mini ice age, remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of that was going on. And then he um, he died. It didn't reset. Oh, dropsy. Yeah, yeah. A plague sent by the devil to affect his legs, according to Theophanes, if Ooh. I'm remembering correctly. That's off the top of my head, so I might not be. That's very dramatic. But yeah, well, Theophanes was dramatic. He was... <laughs> Okay, so that's a bit of a recap. So let's start with Leo's life. As I mentioned in the last episode, Constantine married the Khazar princess Tzitzak. Tzitzak. Tzitzak? Tzitzak. Yeah, you're better at saying that name than I am. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> well, it sounds better to me. <laughs> I don't think it was originally pronounced with such hesitation as I yeah. am doing. <laughs> Raised eyebrows and an apologetic look. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you, you may be way off as well, but you're saying it with confidence and it, it's yeah. impressing me. It's uh, anyway, remember, she changed her name to Irene. Come on, Irene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, together, they had a son, which I mentioned, named Leo, and I believed you boxed his name. Um, yes. Because he was, he was made co-emperor, wasn't he? At a young age. Well, we'll get into that in a moment. Oh, sorry. Spoiler. I've not got much to say on him, so don't ruin it. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. Zigzag 
probably died in childbirth because we never hear from her again. We didn't really go into the family of Constantine Pooface much after that. No. But we're going to need to now so we can understand what happens in the next couple of episodes. And it fills up space. Exactly. Yeah. So, Zigzag has died, and Constantine, Leo's father, marries a new woman. Ooh. Yes. So Leo now has a stepmom. As was becoming traditional, little Leo was then crowned co-emperor when he was a little baby. Called it. Yeah. We also know that Maria died around this time. Ah. So I hope you didn't get attached to her. No, I didn't write a name down, so that's good. <laughs> yes, that is good. Yeah, we don't know how she died, so you can you can roll with that one. Elephants. <laughs> wow. Wasn't expecting that. No. Nor was she. <laughs> <laughs> no, she wouldn't. How? How with the elephants? Um, circus. Yeah. Circus came to town. Yeah. Into the Pippodrome, wherever they went in... in the, the Hippodrome box. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously doing a show, you know, elephant stacking. Yeah. Elephant upside down game. Yeah. We're trying to tip an elephant. If you tip it upside down, you get a point. Yeah. She had a go. Right. And then everyone expects this is where she died. It was not. No, this is the misconception. This is the misconception. Yeah. Um, she died when an elephant sneezed peanut in the elephant's mouth, sneezed it out, went through her head. And she had a peanut allergy. And she had a peanut allergy. Right, got Which you. may have exacerbated the situation. <laughs> yes, definitely. I have to speak to the doctors. Okay, right. So that's Maria dead. But then Constantine married Eudocia. Yeah. Now, we can only place this marriage between 751 and 769, <laughs> leaving quite a wide window there. In 769, Eudocia was crowned Augusta, so we know they were definitely married at that point. Yeah. And we know they weren't married before 751. Now, it was presumably before the later date, because by this time, Constantine and Eudocia had had several children. Way. So, <laughs> let's recap the family here. You've got Emperor Constantine Pooface and now Empress Eudocia. Yes. And you've got Leo, the eldest son. Yeah. And he's got his stepmother, Eudocia. Yeah. But Constantine and Eudocia were not going to waste any time, shall we say. Ooh. Oh, yes. They got to know each other very well and very often. At the altar. <laughs> On the altar. Um, they had a whole bunch of children together. Did oh, wow. Yes. So Leo's about to get a whole bunch of siblings. Oh. Five brothers and a sister, to be precise. Wow. We have Nicophorus. Do I need to write any of these down? Write him down. He's important. Nicophorus. Yeah. Nike for us. Nike for us. I'm going for Nicophorus. Yeah, that sounds or, good. No, no, I'm not. I'm going for Nicephorus. 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 You're never going to remember that. No, no, I'm going for Nicephorus. I like Nicephorus. That does that sound quite nice. Sounds, yeah. Sounds genuine. Yeah, it's better than Nicephorus. Sounds isn't it? Greek as well. Yeah, Nicephorus. Nicephorus. Yeah. Let's let's go for that. And also Christophorus. Christophorus. Yeah. Sometimes written as Christopher. Chris. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. So Nicephorus and Chris were the two oldest. Chris and Nick. And then you got three others that are mentioned. You don't need to really men- write their names down. You've got Nikitas and Themius and Eudokimus. Excellent. Eudokimus? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> that'll do. Um, and then the daughter was Anthusia. 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 A-N-T-H-O-U-S-A. It's a name we've not come across before. No. So there we go. Happy families. We don't really know anything of Leo's childhood. Presumably the usual, as he was born into the purple, well-educated, was taught in the ways of iconoclasm beliefs. Yeah, same old. Same old, same old. Then, at the age of 18, his father announced it was time for Leo to be married. Yes! <laughs> he went. 
and he had just the young lady for his son. This was someone who was somewhere between the age of 14 and 18, we don't really know, but similar age to Leo, yeah. and came from a rich family from Athens. Okay. We don't know what her original name was, but soon she had the name Irene. Irene? Oh, yes. Like a mum? Well, no. Well, like his mum. Like his mum, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, unless, of course, Irene was her original name, and it is just a coincidence that Leo's mother changed her name to Irene, it seems more likely that that was a change of name, though. But if it was, we don't have any record of it. So, anyway, she is Irene. Okay. Yes. Might want to pop a box round her. What? Oh, yes. No. Oh, yes. No. Oh, yes. There's no way she could... We will see. Just put a box. Put a box. There we go. No, no I no, can't. You're going to box your first female. Sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right, she's now in a box. No. <laughs> we will get to how this happens. It's some good stuff. Right. Wow. Anyway, we don't know why Irene was chosen for Leo. Her family were a powerful family in Greece, particularly in Athens, but it's not like they were mega powerful, I believe is the official term. Um, (laughs) Not only that, many of them in the family showed iconophile tendencies, which is something that surely would have put Constantine Pouface off. Oh, icons, yes. Yeah, so... I mean, there is an odd theory that I came across, that Irene was part of a bridal show, Hmm. where rich and prominent men would send their daughters to be chosen by the emperor in a showing. Like a cattle market. (laughs) Unfortunately so, yes. However, I first read this on Wikipedia, and then did some digging into it, and the only places I've seen actual historians mention this, they then finish it by stating that there is no evidence whatsoever this took place, but as they could not figure out how Irene was chosen, it was a possibility. It's also equally as likely she wandered in like a homeless person that she'll do, spruce her up, have her washed and brought to my room sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it turns out this is full-on Totalus Rankium levels of speculation going yeah. on by historians here. There's no actual evidence that this happened, but who knows? We have to admire it. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Well, yeah. there, there is no suggestion this actually happened in, in the Empire at this time whatsoever, so I, I think we can put that one to bed, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah. The famous Byzantine historian Norwich mentions that she was obviously incredibly beautiful, but there were many beautiful people in the Empire, which I thought was an odd sentence, and I looked into it, and there is no evidence to suggest that she was astonishingly beautiful either, so I'm guessing Norwich just decided that? I don't know. It's all very vague, this. All I can say is, no one's got a clue, but lots of people have speculated. That's right. That sounds right up our alley. Exactly. It does. <laughs> it's just odd seeing it in the actual yeah, sources yeah. for a change. It's a, maybe it's her intelligence, her personality. Well, we'll get to see that in future episodes. Because <gasps> I boxed her. I.e. next episode. Really? Oh, yes. Ooh. So, um, yeah, we'll we're, we're perhaps come back to this at the end of her episode. Anyway, so all you need to know is that Leo18 now has a new wife. Because in 769, they were married in one of the palace chapels. Cough, cough. Sorry, that's just Leo coughing. Oh, no. (laughs) It's fine, it's fine. It doesn't ruin the ceremony or anything. Okay. Yeah, it's just a little cough. It's fine, he's he's sucking on our throat, sweet. It's all right. You did this during one of the American President episodes. No, it's all fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be... People have coughs. 
<coughs> anyway, within a couple of years, they had a son who they named Constantine after the grandfather. Oh. Yeah, they left out the poop face part. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to get bullied at school. So they all gathered round. It's Constantine, named after you. Cough. Cough, cough. Shortly after this, the Emperor Constantine set off to fight the Bulgars, and this is when he dies of dropsy. Yeah. Yes. And he did not return. His body returned on a boat. He was trying to get home. <laughs> Leo was elevated to Emperor at the age of 25. Cough, cough. Oh. So a nice young emperor. Yeah, fit and healthy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going to usher in the new golden age years. We are all very hopeful. <laughs> he set about reorganising the internal structure of the empire, how he saw fit. So there were some general moving soldiers to the city to add to the guards, replacing officials with those he trusted. Yeah. Typical stuff that a new emperor would do. Yes. Then one day, shortly after ascending to the throne, cough, 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 a large number of soldiers suddenly entered the city and demanded an audience with the new emperor. You don't demand from me. <coughs> <laughs> well, they wanted him to declare his son Constantine co-emperor. You know, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Looking very pasty, sir. <laughs> we have noticed the cough, sir. <laughs> and our quote here, this is Leo. We actually have a quote from Leo. Oh, wow. Yeah, according to the Athanis. <laughs> he is my only son, and I am afraid to do so, as in make him co-emperor. Yeah. Lest humanity's fate befalls me, because he would be so young, and you would kill him and choose somebody else, cough, cough. <laughs> so, yeah, understandably. Yeah. Leo started to notice that something's not right with his health. Right. Even he's noticed the cough now. It's like it's it's when he's coughing into his hanky and it pulls it away. It's just globules of blood. Oh, it's not great. No, no. And he's worried his son's going to be murdered in a coup if he's declared co-emperor. Apparently, however, everyone assured the emperor that no one else but little Constantine would become emperor should the worst happen. I mean, we're not going to we're not saying you're about to die. No. no. <laughs> But seriously. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the lovely rosy look in your oh, it's blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so by this time it appears that most people knew Leo was suffering from TB, or consumption as they called it back then. Yeah. My granddad, how about he had half a lung removed in like the 50s? Yeah, not, not great. Now, as per usual, in this time we have very few details, so we are definitely wandering into the land of speculation here. It would appear that these soldiers who came into the city were actually loyal to Leo, Okay. and they had news that Leo's stepbrothers were plotting against him. That's Nikephorus and oh, yeah. Chris. See, I yeah. told you I remembered how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Nick and Chris. Yeah, Nick and Chris. So they were basically saying to him, look, you need to declare your son emperor before Nick and Chris can stage a coup, because they will. Leo was not keen on putting his young son in the path of danger, but he relented after the soldiers, the Senate, and the members of the ruling class wore oaths to protect Constantine. Aww. He made it all very formal. Everyone had to sign bits of paper. There was a <laughs> ceremony. Um, yeah, that's not me making it up. That is no, actually what yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it was, please sign here that you won't murder my child as soon as I'm dead. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> can, I can I take it away and read the small prints? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Soon after this, it was publicly discovered, sure enough, Nikephoros and Christophorus were indeed plotting against Leo. Oh dear. Oh Nick. dear. Yeah. Yes. Many advised Leo to execute his stepbrothers. 
Now, up to no good, kill them. Can't do that. But Leo was lenient. Oh. He merely monked them and then exiled them to Cherson. That's where Justinian no-nos went. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the typical place where you go. It worked so well for him, let's exile some more people over there. <laughs> so there you go, that's the first crisis down with. Shortly after that... Leo had his first major choice as emperor. Firstly, he had received a letter from the king of the Bulgars. Now, if you remember, the king and Leo's father were about to go to war just before Constantine died. Yeah. The reason why they were about to go to war is because the Bulgar king had sent a letter to Constantine. Is this right. ringing a bell? Yes. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm thinking of defecting. Just give me some names of someone I could talk over here and uh, I'll happily defect to you. Oh, yeah. Constantine had told the Bulgar king some names and, oh, sure enough, it was a trick. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so off to war they decided to go. But, of course, Constantine then died, so that didn't happen. Yeah. So when Leo became emperor, there was a bit of a surprise. Here's a letter from the Bulgar king. Oh. Yeah, Leo opens it up. Uh, the letter was quite clear, in fact. The Bulgar king wanted to defect. Oh. Yeah. Brilliant. Leo sent back word. What do you think he said? Screw you. No. Of course you can defect. Here are some names. <laughs> Does stupidity run in the family, or is it hereditary idiocy, or is it genuine this time? But even if it's genuine, stupid. <laughs> you did actually get it right in that mini rant just then. <laughs> he genuinely wanted to defect. Well, according to Theophanes, this time the Bulgar king soon showed up in Constantinople. Leo embraced him, made him a patrician and then married him to one of Irene's cousins, and he became part of the ruling class in Constantinople. Yeah. Yeah, which is odd. Weird. It's really weird. Makes me wonder whether the previous story was just wrong. Possibly. Yeah. This story doesn't add up. I'm just going to say that. There are probably other things that we're unaware of. Yeah. They're probably... So both stories could possibly be true, that things could happen in the background that we're just not privy to because of history, time, and... The eventual decay of I'm guessing so. life. Also, Theophanes wrote all this. Oh, yeah, true. So, <laughs> maybe Load it's all crap, made up. <laughs> anyway, so we've now got a Bulgar king chilling out in Constantinople. A couple of years go by that we have no record of. Presumably, Leo coughed through them. <laughs> and then, for reasons that are not clear, Leo rose an army and invaded Syria. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Theophanes suggests that the caliphate was infighting and Leo was taking advantage of this. So he's trying to show, look at me, let's, let's do what we can, let's bloody their nose a bit. Yeah, this doesn't seem to be true, though. There wasn't oh. really much record of... I mean, we've just finished the big civil war in the caliphate. But maybe it is, maybe it was small skirmishes that are going on. All we know is that Leo goes into Syria. And one of the few details we do get is that one Roman army managed to capture all of the caliph's uncle's camels. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice. I mean, brilliant. No other details. Spoils of war. Yeah, but the the uncle of the caliph had a whole bunch of camels, and he lost them. Ah. <laughs> so we'd chalk that war up as a win, I suppose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Apparently, this uh, the raid into Syria was a huge success. Um, it would have been better if one Roman general had not been bribed to lift a siege at one point. Uh, hmm. But even then, it was it was all good. Leo took what had been for a while the most valuable loot. Camels. 
people. Ah. Uh, yes. Everywhere is very underpopulated. The plague had just swept through, remember? Yeah. Yeah. So let's grab some people and move them to Thrace. You now live here. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy your new home. <laughs> Be careful of the Bulgars. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, when they got back to the capital, they had a large triumphal entry into the city. Huge celebrations, probably games in the Hippodrome, not that they're mentioned, but that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's very happy. Cough, cough. The next year, the Abbasid Caliphate, in retaliation, sent a force into Asia Minor. Leo set off again and was able to repel the attack with relative ease. That's good. And then, on the cheese-eating day, according to Theophanes... That sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, bit of a weird translation thing here. It was some kind of day of cheese eating. Some... Dairy, maybe? Generally. Well, it was linked to a, a, a saint's day. Oh. but So it's like a holiday, but eating cheese. I tried to look into it, and I couldn't get anywhere. That is something I would like to celebrate. Um, Pontifax, you guys can get onto this. Um, what's the cheese eating about? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was eating cheese. Baby bowls. They all have baby bowls. Oh. Cheese strings. Oh, they're horrible. Oh, yeah, it's some good cheese. I, I used to get them at school, um, like, literally a few months ago, not when I was a kid. Oh, right. <laughs> and I never did the pee thing. It's annoying. Just, like, chomp away. Like, they just them. taste of nothing. They're plastic. Yeah, they're not good. Baby bells are better. Yes, I do have baby bells. Yeah. Favourite cheese? Stilton. Yeah. Possibly white Stilton. Ooh. I like blue Stilton, but I think white Stilton, to me, has the edge. It's less harsh, but it still has the strength. Okay, I'll trust you on that. I'm not sure I've had white Stilton. It's just like Stilton without the blue veins. It's... Fair enough. It's yeah. nice. Oh, I do like a good Stilton. Yeah, Stilton's lovely. Stilton and Brie. Oh, oh we found an amazing Brie in Lincoln. The taste goes on for It's like the finish in our whiskies. It just keeps going at the back of your mouth for ages. Like a Did really you swallow? Nice... Or was the cheese still in your mouth? That might have been it. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> cheese montage over. Cheese eating competitions, oh. uh, cheese tasting, um, cheese carving. Yeah, cheese carving was going on. Can, can you carve a horse out of this big block of parmesan? People were just walking up and down the streets with cheese in wheelbarrows. Oh, um, but on the wheelbarrow, the the, the the wheels being exchanged for a wheel of cheese. Yes, exactly. All that's happening, and during all of this, the patriarch Nikitas died. Too much cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the the ruler of the church in Constantinople is dead, Leo needs to choose a new one. His choice was a strange choice, because he went for the popular Paul of Cyprus. Paul of Cyprus. Now, the reason why this was odd is because Paul had open iconophile leanings. He liked an icon or two, he did. Kept a few in his back pocket for those special occasions. Yes, he did. And, uh... Obviously, this goes against everything that's been happening recently. Now, perhaps to compensate for this, Leo made Paul swear an oath to uphold the iconoclast teachings, and then he went on a bit of an iconophile purge. Oh. Yeah. He rounded up some prominent holy men in the city who he suspected of having a few icons about the place, and then had them beaten and then monked. Lovely. Yeah. And then there is a story that probably isn't true, uh, but I'm going to tell you it anyway because it's about all we've got. Because, apparently, he found, underneath Irene's pillow, two icons. Not one, but two. Yeah. Iconing in the marriage bed. Exactly. Like, just think he's asleep. She just gets out an icon. And just looks at it. And worships. That icon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oof. <laughs> 
apparently Leo had the palace staff tortured until he found out who would put them there. <laughs> then he confronted his wife and declared, and I'll quote here, Was this what you swore to my father, the emperor, upon the fearsome and pure mysteries of our faith? <laughs> Irene claimed she did not know how the icons got there. I'm looking after them for a friend. <laughs> yeah, they're not icons, that's just... Zeus the suit maker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nell to a cross. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see the moustache I'm clearly drawn on? I mean, was always there. Um, yeah. Leo stormed out, apparently, and had nothing to do with her ever again. Really? Well, this, this story pops up again 50 years later. Almost identical. So we're going to hear the story again. Is there only life in the 50 years? No, no, different people. Oh. Yeah. Husband, ah. wife, iconophile leanings. Yeah. So it's, something's got confused somewhere. It's like a soap opera. Yeah. When we get to this story coming up again, then we can decide when it happened. But it's generally considered this didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. But we needed something to talk about, so there we yeah. go. It's in. What does seem to have happened at this time is that Irene seems to be trying to push the use of icons, and Leo starts to push back. Cough. He did not push long, however, because he died. Oh. Yeah, probably due to fever linked to his tuberculosis. Mm. But that's not what Theophani says. Oh, no, no. No, and you actually know this. Also about gems. Yes, because this quote is so bizarre, I actually... <laughs> and I, I couldn't find out what on earth this meant, so in an attempt, I put it onto Twitter and Facebook and just put it out there. What does this mean? Hmm. Um, there were a few suggestions, but we'll go over that once I've read out the quote. So according to Theophanes, this is what happened. Leo died in this way. He was mad about precious stones, and he was in love with the great church's crown. Coals came out of it, onto his head, and caused a severe fever. He died. Mm, yeah, to me it's metaphorical, and I think I'll put that. You did put that, but Theophanes, although a bit weird, it's generally not metaphorical. It has to be, though. He's an idiot. <laughs> I mean... His writing is not littered with, with figurative okay. language. It just All isn't. Right. So if it is, it's a bit unusual. A bit an anomaly. Yeah. Okay, so here are some suggestions from some of our listeners. Because, I, as I say, I put this quote on Facebook. Uh, Joshua Trowbridge suggests that it's a novelty crown and on the top of it was an incense burner that you could light and then frankincense would come out at the top of your head. Like and then, coals. And then obviously something went tragically wrong. Caught on fire. Yeah, Combusted. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's possible. Then there's your suggestion. It's metaphorical. Christopher Finch said it's something to do with Leo being very naughty and Santa spiking his coal for Christmas uh, with a bowler. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very mean of Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, Sue Hancock's an attempt of retrospective augury. Damn students. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Morgan McCreary... The crystals were actually bars of mercury that broke and dripped onto him and sent him mad. The <laughs> glue holding the rhinestones to the crown failed and some of them fell onto his head and he went feverishly insane with grief when he found the Made in China labels on the backs. Oh, <laughs> that'd annoy me. That would annoy you, wouldn't it? The red crystals fell off and in the crappy candlelight of the chamber they looked like hot coals. Leo became so upset at his precious falling into pieces that he took a fever and developed a rasping, bloody cough. Gollum, Gollum, Gollum. <laughs> um, the precious! <laughs> the precious fall out. No, they don't, precious! Yes, they do! 
So that was uh, some suggestions on Facebook. On Twitter, we had some suggestions. Skeletom on Twitter said he caught a cold and died. Yeah. Hey. It's funny because he's like cold, like coal. Fantastic. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, and Sill it. from the Flashpoint history podcast was actually quite serious. Um, oh, really? Yeah, no, no. Well, he's pointing out that um, TB in its later forms is called military TB and can disseminate all over the body, including the brain via the blood system. People can go insane in these situations. So possibly this is what it was referring to. Maybe he went insane before he died. Oh, bring the mood down. Yeah. <laughs> We're but, just laughing at poor victim getting TB. That's all serious. Yeah. <laughs> but then I need to read that tweet in his amazing voice. Oh, game to do it. Oh, yeah, we, we should have done. Should have got him to record it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you've not re- listened to Flashpoint History, go and listen to it, even if it's only for five seconds so you can hear his voice. It's better than our, our sound guy. Oh, he, yeah. I, I think he's related to our sound guy. Oh, sound possibly, guy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he's dead, is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah, uh, nice, succinct, yes. machete kind of way. Yeah, something weird happened with a crown. He died of TB. Okay, brilliant. Right, there you go. That's him. Uh, yeah. Should yeah. Try and do the next bit. Let's do it. Fightius Maximus. Okay, not actually too bad here. Huh? I was going to say, he held off the uh, theme of Ops, didn't he? Well, he pushed back an invasion from the Abbasids. And uh, he actually won a, albeit fairly minor, but it's definitely a war. He went into Syria, he got victories, and then he came back, had a big party. That's better than a lot of emperors we've seen. Yeah, repelled Um, the caliphate. Yeah, I'm going to give him a couple for winning the war, a couple for pushing back an invasion. Um, You know, I might even go for five. I was was thinking four. Okay, you you go for four? Yeah. so yeah, it's, it's not that amazing, is it? Not Who knows? Synchronized. Maybe that. No, no, I'm just going for four. Eight. You just said that we weren't synchronized, didn't you? But yeah. we are. How nice. Next. I'll be so wild in my next one then. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. Yes. Yeah. Right, next. Approvium crazy. Um, nothing, really. Well, it went crazy at the end with illness, but that's not fair, is it? Well, we don't even know that. It's a bit weird. And maybe for the potential that he went insane for a bit, uh, I might give him a point. But he didn't even kill his brothers. He just mocked no. them and sent them into exile. That story where he had people tortured because they found something under his wife's bed. Oh, yeah, and yeah, okay, okay. But that probably didn't happen. That's not I'll give him, past. I'll give him a point for that. Okay. So is that two I'm giving him? It's a low score. Oh, no, so I don't want to match up with you. Well, I was only going to give him one, so yeah, I can go too. back to one. No, it's fine. You can have one. I'll give him one as well. <laughs> two in total. Next. Successes ultimate. Uh, he let the Empire tick over for a few years. There were no great successes. There was nothing bad. Nothing stands out. Yeah. I, he didn't do anything bad, though, so I'm going to give him a couple of default points. The Empire got no worse. Mm, I'll, give him, I'll give him four again. Um, uh, three. I'm not even going to go that yes. high. There we go. Change. Seven. Seven. Image of Okay, what do you think it looks like? Thin, pale coffee. <laughs> well, we have an illustration of a coin this time. Illustration of a coin? Yeah. Oh, oh. <gasps> it's beautiful. There we go. That's beautiful. That's some detail on this illustration of the coin. That's amazing. Uh, wispy kind of hair. Nice beard. Yeah, Nice beard. tash as well. And the tash doesn't join up to the rest of the beard. I like that style. 
that's my style. Yes. <laughs> you haven't thought of that, had you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... He's got his... his... Are you serious? He looks older than he is. He was aged beyond his years with the coughing. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> yeah. It's, again, fairly standard for the time. Long hair, beard, hat with a cross on it. He's holding a cross as well. It's a cross with too many crosses on it, though. That's like, ooh, ooh, Picks imagine up. getting put on that. Yeah. Your legs are, ooh. <laughs> yes. Um, but I quite like the detail, so I'm going to go above average. I'm going to go seven. Yeah, oh, no. Yes, no, I agree. Um, I'm going to match you with seven. <laughs> okay. That is 3.5, then, for Imagofacious. Temple completed. How long do you think he lasts there? Well, he said he did a few things for a few years, so I guess like five, six years. Sink like that. Seven seven five to seven eighty. Five years. Yeah. So that's six point three. No, sorry, zero point six three for tempo completer. Yeah. So that's a total score of twenty one point one three. That's surprised what? That can't be right. That's surprisingly high. We gave I think we gave him too much for success, even though nothing happened. Yeah, but he didn't do anything bad. No, we did give him too much for success there, didn't we? Oh I didn't. I think three's fine. I'm happy with my three. Do you want to go down? Yeah, take a one point. I'm going to take him back to go back to the room. <laughs> back to the room we go. Successes ultimate. Right, I'm I'm removing one successes point. He's now down to three for me, so total six, which now back to the main room again. Image of temple completed. Gives him a total score of twenty point one three, which still seems really high. It does, um, but he wasn't. He did, he did do a couple of good things in fighting that yeah. he didn't get huge points for, but that's all right. We say it's really high, it's just not awful. I mean, yeah. it's it's only in the 20s club, and it's only it's just in the 20s club. That is not a good score. That's true. Well, we, we gave it to Otho, didn't we? Because someone mentioned that today, we gave Otho 20. Yeah, exactly. And we thought that was really low. Yeah, and Otho lasted months, and not five years. So, yeah. Three months, yes. Yeah, so I think... Yeah, no, that's fine. 20.13. Okay, yeah. Although I like the fact that by changing that, we now scored him the same in every single round today. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> right, now can we say no to Jeanne Caesar? Do they have a certain Jeanne Caesar? Yeah. There we go. Right then. So there you go. That yeah. was Leo Four. An entirely forgettable emperor. <laughs> um, I don't think I will remember him again in two months' time. No. No, I really don't. It's going to be... Which Leo was that again? Yeah. Oh, married to Irene. Yeah. That, that is, that's all it's yeah. going to be. Of course, who's next? You said Irene. Well, sort of. Or is his son Constantine? Exactly. But how old's Constantine? Oh, he's very young. Yeah. Oh, but they would never let her be in charge. Well, we will find out. All I'm going to say is that usually Constantine VI is listed before Irene. Uh, but I'm not going to do it that way, because that would break up Irene's story, and I think we need to hear her story from the start. Okay. So I'm going to do Irene before Constantine VI, and then we'll swing back and do Constantine VI. That's the order I'm going to go in. And do his five-minute episode. It's going to be a short one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe slightly longer. But as we cover most of his in Irene's episode, it will be a fairly short episode. Yeah. 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 So, next time, it's exciting. Yeah. Our first ever female emperor. Uh, brilliant. How do you think she will do? I think she's going to have a lot of problems, the fact that she's female. There's no way it's going to be a long reign. 
I think she'll get either kicked out or chased out or she's like, you're a woman, you can't do this. She's going to have a hard time, I think. Do you think it's going to be controversial? Our episode or her reign? Her reign. Uh, y- yes. Do you I think, think so. so controversial that an entire new empire is spawned that dominates the European politics for the next thousand years? Is this the one that everyone... Holy Roman Empire? Oh, yes. <gasps> It's coming. Ooh. So, yeah. Series three, <laughs> as we promised in one episode yeah. in a blood oath that we'd... <laughs> yeah, I just mentioned, it's like, oh, we could do that for season three. We got a lot of messages saying, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please. Yeah, so it's positive. It is now top of the list for season three instead Yay. of just a thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we've got all that to come next time. Thank you very much for listening. Please leave reviews. Go and listen to Pontifax if you have not done so already, because um, they're good. Good podcast. Yeah. Yeah. They're like us, only more American slash Canadian and more popey. Yeah. Yeah. They have more of a, a pope element to their podcast, I feel, than they we do. do. Yeah. Can't hold that against them, though. Okay, so that's about all that needs to be said, I mm. think. Yeah. So don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can download us on Poppy, iTunes, Stitcher, and... The other one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all Australians, I will hear from you soon. Yeah. To tell me that Come On Eileen is indeed popular in Australia. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All that needs to be said then is... G'day. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, Euphemius. Oh, you look very pale. I fear this is the end. Yet, but on such a glorious day. What? Today is the most wonderful day of the year, sir. It is Cheese Day. That's today. Today is Cheese Day. Can you believe it, sir? Oh, God. You're going to have such a good a time. Every year. Uh, Non-stop puns. The smell of cheese. This is awful. I'm glad I'm hell. Well, do you know, the other day we were cleaning out the local river and we found some beavers in there. You know what they were building? If the next word out of your mouth is a bland cheese with a waxy exterior, you're fired. Okay. Now go and fetch the doctor. I'm really not well. Well, you can come this way, but you you need to walk very carefully. That's a type of cheese. I will kill you, even if it's the last thing I do before I go. Get the doctor. I will get the doctor, but I have to just get past my wife. She's she's uh, painting the house. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I double-glossed her by mistake instead of the wall. <laughs> oh, you, you stabbed me. I did warn you. Oh, but I had so many other greater plans for my cheese business. Get it? Greater. Do I need to stab you again? <gasps> How dare you do this to me? Right, that's it. <sighs> Shit. <sighs> Damn you to hell.